Earn your physical therapist assistant bachelor's degree at Pima Medical Institute. Online education provides flexibility in your schedule so you can continue to work. Learn more at pmi.edu. The following essay titled Swirl of Emotions is read by the author, Sarah Merchant, PTMPT. She's an administrator at Norman Regional Health System in Oklahoma. As a member of a multidisciplinary care team, I've learned a lot more about the importance that PTs play in improving these children's quality of life. But I also saw a misconnection there and underused potential. In fact, co-treatments were my favorite part of my job. I enjoyed opportunities to teach and learn from PTs, occupational therapists, and speech-language pathologists. Working together, we determined how each member of the care team could best contribute to meeting each child's needs. The information we shared enhanced our own work and gave us deeper understanding of and appreciation for the strengths of each team member. When I decided to expand my education into an additional therapy field, friends, colleagues, and even officials at the PT schools to which I applied wondered aloud why someone with a background in psychology rooted in behavioral intervention, particularly with children with autism and Down syndrome, would choose to become a PT rather than an occupational therapist. I responded to such queries with a question of my own. Why not try to bridge a gap rather than simply extend a bridge that already exists? What I meant by that was that fields of applied behavioral analysis, or ABA, and occupational therapy typically are considered to be more closely related than our ABA and physical therapy. Both ABA and occupational therapy aim at teaching kids how to function optimally in everyday life. Therefore, it's not particularly unusual for behavioral therapists to return to school to become occupational therapists as well. The professions are seen as complementary segments of the same continuum. The bridge between ABA and physical therapy, however, is less recognized or understood. Often those who work with children with developmental delays, such as autism, think narrowly of physical therapy as sports rehab, resulting in an underused as a developmental tool. But what I'd sensed from working with PTs was that by combining my training as a behavioral therapist with new skills as a PT, I could make a difference in kids' lives that I could not make as a behavioral therapist alone, or even as a behavioral therapist and occupational therapist. By becoming a PT, I reasoned I also could help others see the benefits of such synergies. I continued to work full-time as a behavioral therapist while I was in PT school. This experience only deepened my conviction that there was much to be gained for children with autism by bridging the gap between behavioral therapy and physical therapy. As I learned more about movement and the human body system, I began adding in functional behavioral goals for the patients with whom I worked. I also started helping my fellow behavioral therapists better focus their goals toward enhancing their patients' physical independence in addition to addressing behavioral improvement. Since becoming a PT last year, I've continued to address the gaps that I see between the two therapy disciplines. Why, for example, is a teenager with autism having a tantrum? What caused it? Are gross motor skills being examined? That's where my training as a PT comes in. If, for example, a parent or caregiver consistently holds a child's hand to keep him or her from eloping or running away, that child may not, as a result, develop the balance skills that he or she will need in later years. After the elopement behavior has ended, in order to safely and independently navigate through life, that individual, by now a teenager, may remain dependent on a caregiver for simple mobility. This, in turn, would limit the teen's ability to interact with peers, which would adversely affect development of social skills. 
the very thing the behavioral therapists and occupational therapists often look to target with their treatments. Now that I'm a PT, I'm helping other PTs tease out whether adherence and behavioral issues are at play in given situations or whether physical deficits may be the culprit. Conversely, I'm helping other behavioral therapists make distinctions among sensory, compliance, skill, and physical factors that may be slowing a child's progress. My role as a behavioral therapist and a PT have enhanced my effectiveness in making connections and engaging with other care team members and caregivers in ways that greatly benefit patients. The case of one child in particular perfectly illustrates this. This preteen's presenting behaviors, including spitting and physical aggression, and the physical presentation included low muscle tone, decreased strength, and no notable ability to make functional movements independently and safely. The child had little to no communication skills, nor interest in socialization or play. Where to start? Conferring with this young patient's speech therapist was extremely helpful. Augmentative communication is an alternative form of interaction for individuals who are nonverbal and cannot use sign language. This patient's augmentative communication device was an iPad mini that was configured with an app with picture icons corresponding to commands such as, I want to play ball. Working together, the speech therapist and I matched icons to the physical therapy-specific toys and equipment that promoted motor skills development. In pediatric physical therapy, kids, whether or not they have developmental delays, care more about being able to use a toy or participate in some other stimulatory behavior than they do about whether or they walk a little differently from other children or whether it's difficult for them to reach forward to the side without taking a step and perhaps falling. While our job as PTs with young patients is to recognize their issues with functional mobility and help progress them towards safe independence, it's also important that we make the effort fun. Well, what's going to be the most fun and therefore motivating for pediatric patients is being able to do what they most want to do at that moment. In that regard, I constantly spoke with caregivers and others to see what activities would be most motivating and fun for my young patients to do on a particular day. Over time, as the patient's ambulation and environmental interaction improved, requests for withheld snacks yielded progressively requests for walks, requests for the playground, and playing a game of chase with certain requested friends. Eventually, this patient independently met higher-level behavior, speech, and occupational therapy goals thanks to the physical foundation built through physical therapy. By marrying my two disciplines, behavioral therapy and physical therapy, I'm leading through my patients' challenging behaviors and addressing their underlying physical issues. It's very rewarding work. It's also a gratifying reminder to all PTs and physical therapist assistants that by building that physical foundation, they're playing a vital role in enhancing the kid's ability to be more fully experiencing the world around them. This has been an APTA podcast. APTA members can access the latest podcasts and transcripts at www.apta.org podcasts.